Welcome to Brain Machine Network. Dot com. What's up with you? What's going on? Let him know he'll prescribe you a song. Turn the volume up. I suggest you to run this live request. Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Tawanda's Live Request. Um, we're going to talk about music and shit. I'm your host, Tawanda. I'm here with the co-host, Nick. What's up, Nick? What's up, man? I got my producer, Uche, in the building. What up, Uche? What's good? What's good? What's good? Yeah, and we got a guest from fucking my, my college homie from Framingham State College to University. Give it up to Darius. Hey, what everybody? What up, Darius? What's going on? What's going on from the East? How y'all doing, man? Yeah, I'm good. I'm doing good, man. Happy to have you on the show, bro. This is crazy. Like, yeah. I knew Darius before I did any of this shit. Like, it's great. Like, legit, like, back in the day, we used to just get, like, we used to just go to my apartment and just get high as shit and just listen to music. And they'd be like, what the, like, I would play some songs. He'd be like, what the fuck? Why are you playing this? <laughs> Now that's a fact, man. That was, that, was a, that was a dope time, bro. You know what I'm saying? I feel like it was coming to age, you know what I mean? Yeah, and it was great. What was crazy though was just like I remember like because because you weren't we weren't like cool like that first. It was like it was Ke- uh, Keon was my homie because Keon's cousin went to went to BC with all of like my high school homies. So I was tight with him and I met you through him. And I remember we'd, I'd play shit, you'd be like, oh, what the fuck? But then, like, one day we were arguing about French, we were arguing about French Montana. We were arguing about French Montana. And I was like, that nigga is trash. And you're like, nah, he's nice. He's nice. <laughs> Bro, because at that time, yo, he was so on fire. Because me and Rob, we were so into uh, the Cocaine City DVDs. And uh, yeah. that's when he was running around with Uncle Murder. So he had this, he had this one record. Um, I forget the name of it, but it was this 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 joint that was in a video. And just the whole video and the song, I remember we used to always rap it on campus. So I was like a heavy French Montana fan. And he used to be in Brockton sometimes with Max B. So yeah, because Dame Grease, because Dame Grease is out there, right? Right. That's a fact. That's a fact. Right. Right. So, you know, back then I used. No, go ahead, bro. I fucking hated French. I thought he was. I thought he was bringing Max B down. I couldn't stand it. I remember there was this in the lunchroom. You're like, nah, French is nice. Right? I was like, yo, get the you know, French is so trash. It was, like, he was like all beat. I don't know. Let's see. I got because there's no. There's one song I played. I remember I heard it and I was just like, oh shit. And I remember I saw you in the lunchroom. I said the name of the song and you looked at me like, yeah, see, now you know, now you know. Right. Exactly. What was it? I get that too. Though. I get that too because um, you know, what I'm saying I get it. Max B. He was. Max B was on fire, man. So he has like a cult following. So a lot of people, you know, they attribute, uh, you know, French Montana and his growth and then the way he, you know, kind of like made changes as a, as an artist to Max B, which, you know, I think that rub, people rub off on you. But I think French Montana always had like sort of an it factor as far as like, you know, his ability to do hooks. And he was a dope rapper. He was a battle rapper at first, too. So I oh, think yeah, he was. Yeah, I yeah, literally after that song, I remember like you said that, and I was like, all right, if he saw it, there's more of this. I I saw this in the mad French. I legit, I can't, the song is hella like it's hard to find. I just remember French Montana's verse like it was yesterday because he came on and he said, hopping out the coop, chain all tangled, take over the grain, no stangles. (laughs) No, we said no, no prangles, singles, chips on stack, dance hall. I was like, who the fuck is that's French Montana? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, he was passing. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, man. You know what I mean? And but I think we kind of like rubbed off on each other, even with the whole Gucci man thing. Like, that's the first thing I probably tell people about. Yo, you hate, yo, you hate Gucci. 
I was a Northeast kid, man. You know that? <laughs> you still, you still, that was the Northeast. first time. That was the first time in my life I ever heard anybody say their favorite rapper was Gucci Man. <laughs> I remember the look you gave me. Like, are you, is this nigga serious? Like, cause, nah, cause it was just, yo. This is this is a song. This is a song. Yo, this is a song. Yo, turn, 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 turn. That's called Friends. Friends. Honestly, it's like Max is doing Max shit, and it's cool. But like Max, because Max B at the time, every Max B verse was like about three things, and he would just right. rap in a circle to get to those three things. Like it'd be like, wait, what the fuck? Like what? What are you talking about? And he's, like it's, it, it was weird. It was like, but the melodies though. Yeah, the melodies like, were crazy. Max, Max rapped about Sour Diesel. Yep, he loves Sour. He loves Sour. Grand Crew. Mm-hmm. Women. And the fourth thing might have been like allegedly armed robbery. <laughs> allegedly, 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 <laughs> allegedly. But his the way he put the melodies on it, and the way he just the way he put his thing down when he, you know, what I'm saying when he was rapping and, and, and making his, his songwriting, it was impeccable, bro. Oh, here comes, here comes, here comes, here comes. Turn, 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 turn up. No sangle, frangle, chips on stack. It's all black. Fall back. Off East Eye. This niggas can't talk that high. I took my time. Right here. Home, I'm the one like McGrady. Yeah. Shoot you in the face by the police. Looking, ah. <laughs> I, mean, I, was, I was like, oh my god, because <laughs> this like turn that, turn right down, turn right down. But this mixtape, I remember because it, it was like it was y'all and Keon, and like this came out around the same time as Drake's So Far Gone. And I remember like it was like my Boston homies was all like, yo, So Far Gone is so dope. But then all my Brock, because Brockton was at Framingham Heavy, and that, that's that's when I realized like because I used to, like Brockton. Also, shout out to Brockton because Brockton was the only niggas I knew that like would instead of being like, yo, I'm from Boston, where you from now? I'm from Worcester. Like, nah, sorry, Nick, but it's like it'd be like because Nick's from Worcester, you say Boston. <laughs> I, I only say it when I'm far enough away that I yeah. I'd have to spell it for people to know what but I'm But nah. Bro- I rock with Worcester too, Nick. I rock with Worcester too. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I, I fuck with Worcester, but like, but nah, but like Brockton was the only people that'd be like, yo, I'm from Brockton. No matter where you no matter yeah. where he was at, I'm from Brockton. Nah, for sure, bro. And, and yo, a crazy backstory on that, just to go into that quick on how, you know, Brockton kind of ended up at Framingham. So my first year when I went there, you know, you know how it was. It wasn't yeah. really a lot of black people. Those maybe yeah. like 10 of us, like real ones. You know, you feel me? <laughs> so then um, I remember working in the athletic office. Um, the AD just straight up asked me one day. He was like, yo, we need more black people on campus. And he was like, yo, can you try to help me recruit these players, get them there on the football team. So I remember at that time, uh, a couple of dudes came up. My boy, Rome. Uh, yeah, I remember Rome. Yeah. Carlito. Yeah. This kid, Harold. And um, you remember you remember Buddha? I remember Buddha. I remember Buster. I don't remember Buddha. Buster. 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 Excuse me. Yeah, I'm Buster. Shout, shout, yo, shout out to Buster. Was the, shout out to Buster. I don't know where you at. I hope you hear this. But like, yeah, I was the first Brock and Rap nigga I ever heard. I was like, this nigga's nice. Yeah, he had the battle. That's still on YouTube. He battled. Yeah. He battled. I, remember, I, remember, I, remember, I remember that. Yeah. So, um, you know, they came up for the visit. You know, I showed him around. They ended up coming. I remember at the same time, you know, I had my, uh, I had Chad. Uh, he yeah. we spoke over the summer. He wanted to come in for hoops. So, you know, they was trying to, you know, kind of help me out. So I got some people in there. And then I remember after that, it was kind of just like a snowball effect. 
you know, Royce came and then yeah. he had a couple of people from Boston. And I remember the influx of people from Boston just coming in in Brockton. And then, you know, by the time we were seniors, like we was pretty much running the campus. No, that shit, I remember that shit like it was just that shit was that was a good time, bro. Yeah. And it was right. like, I just remember like, again, because I can talk, this is it. Oh, Loki, Loki, I had you on because I because we had this podcast. This is a great meeting, but I was like, I have to show love to Brockton at some point. This is a this is a Boston podcast, but I have to show love to Brockton because Brockton always had like the cool. Everyone used to be like, yo, Brockton, yo, Brockton niggas be crazy. I was like, no, nah. every Brockton nigga that I met was mad, polite, mad, nice and shit. Yeah, I mean, it's like that's what it is. It's like we're anybody you meet from Massachusetts, they probably got a homie from Brockton just because yeah. we, you know, solid, loyal, we cool, you know. Just like anywhere else, you know, it, it, it do get real, get wild at times. Oh, of course. But you kind of learn how to maneuver through that. But at the end of the day, most people will tell you they got a they got a real close and solid homie from Brockton. Oh yeah, I got hella homies from Brockton because like I remember there'd be days in my career people be, people would be so high at my at my spot. We used to smoke mad weed. We used to smoke like it used to go. It used to be like. I used to smoke so much weed because people would just smoke me up, and I was like, I'm not paying for it. So it legit be like, all right, people would come through and smoke like three blunts, but then people would come through after that and smoke three more blunts. Then upstairs, my roommates, people upstairs would smoke more blunts. And I'm like, so, I, so by the end of the night, I'd smoke like 12 blunts. Right, right. And it was love. And it, let, me, let me give you your flowers now, too, while we're here. That's like my thing I've been on, especially, yeah. you know, over the years, bro. Watching your growth, you know, doing the stand-up comedian thing. And me and Rob was talking about that. We remember when you said you was going to do that. And we were just kind of like, what? Yeah, like, everyone, yeah. You know what I'm saying? But seeing where you are now and everything you've done is just kind of like a testament to just like people who who get it out the mud and do it on their own, man. So like I'm super proud of you, bro. And like everything. Thanks, man. I I appreciate that. And you helped because one of our first guests who literally like came on the show and was just like, All right, what are you guys doing? Remember uh Nick, we we interviewed John from Insecure. Mm-hmm. That's because no Darius linked me with him at to be at first. Darius was gonna be like, "Yo, I know I was coming from Boston. He's mad funny." That's how me and John got cool because we did a show in Cambridge where the crowd didn't want to laugh at anything I had to say, but it was still like, "All right, we were still having a good time." But then like John, because John came on, was just like, "Yo, Twan, why are you so dark in this?" And he like, he just came on and fixed everything. And like Fozzie, like, <laughs> he came on I was like, "Yo, what are, you, what are you guys doing?" That shit was funny though, Nick. Like. I'm gonna keep it a hundred. Super dark, but it was hilarious. <laughs> like they was bugging. Because I, I, I saw someone, I saw someone getting STDs and shit. They're like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" Because <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, that's 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 the thing I realized too. Like I ain't, I don't know how to explain it, but it was like I never ever thought the things I said were so off the wall. And so I saw niggas be like, "What the fuck is going on?" <laughs> Right. I was just like, more like, I don't know. No, there's one day I remember that has me rolling. I remember it was me, you, Keon, and Swerve was in. We was all smoking. And I was playing Eminem, right? And Keon read this story about this kid that got murdered and thrown into the lake. I remember this shit. And then you were just like, yo, why are you playing this shit? Look what's happening. <laughs> Bro, we was bugged out. You gotta learn to, to understand to want to get like why why he likes this shit. Yeah, because you, you, you didn't know me. You're like, what the, who the fuck is this thing? When you first introduced him, you know he don't mean no harm and he a good dude, but you just like, yo, what's up? <laughs> like, 
<laughs> but it's yeah. just him, bro. And it's just like he's he's super interested in things. You know what I mean? Oh no, no, that's no, that's that's no, that's the, no, that's the polite way of saying I'm kind of autistic. My, my my friend Sam broke my friend Sam broke it all the way down. She's like, no, Tawanda, you are like no, like you're 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 autistic, bro. Like, look, this you do things in this way that people don't people don't think like that. And I was like, oh, all right. But another memory I had that I this, this is the only reason I like this is the only reason I love this album. All right. So um I remember back in the day, I was like this whole hip hop hip hop backpack. I like, oh, only like real hip hop, da da da. No, none of that fake shit. I don't fuck women all to this, this this bullshit, like loser shit, like almost incelly rap shit. But then Rick Ross, 50 Cent had just dissed Rick Ross. All right, justice mm-hmm. them the pimp and curly shit. He had his baby moms out. He was they had sex tape with his other baby's mom and shit, all this shit. And then Rick Ross dropped deeper than rap. And then we was all in the crib. Ooh, check it ready. We got we all in the crib. We played Rich Off Cocaine for the first time. It was a Saturday afternoon. The sun, it was bright as shit. It was bright as shit. We all listened to that shit. Right. Yeah. And I remember your face, because we were all just like, he's a CEO. Da, 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 da. We heard Rich Off Cocaine. Amber, you were just you were sitting there and you were just like <laughs> leave him. I don't care. I believe everything I believe it. I believe it, dog. He sounds like yo, yo, listen, listen to me. Listen. <laughs> and this is why. This is the backstory, right? Not only from that song, I believe it was very soon after that. Like it was like during a promo run. That's when they had the video when they was in Colombia. Yeah. And gunplay broke down the rock and did the line right in front of the cop. Mm. I remember that. And I was like, yo, I believe it. (laughs) Yeah, you know, the way you said I believe it was so sincere that I was just like, yo, I listened to that whole album because it was it was it was into the crib. I'm smoking, I'm like, all right, whatever. But then like after you said that shit, I listened to that album so much. This one song, I remember this one song, I was in Zimbabwe. I was in Zimbabwe. I was leaving my grandma's homestead, right? So I'm like, so to, to, to leave, we have to get on like, it's out in the middle of nowhere, no electricity. So we have to get on a, we have to get on a, um, a truck that'll take us to a bus that would drive us where we need to go. So I'm on the back of this pickup truck, right? It's an old, it's an old Toyota pickup truck. And I'm looking in the sky. The sky has clouds in it. And I'm listening to Rich Off Cocaine. And I and I really fucking felt it. You feel it, bro. And I feel it. I was just like, yo. That's one of the best songs, Rich Rock songs I ever heard. That Hands shit, down. That shit was like beautiful, amazing drug music, bro. Oh my God. You want yeah, you got you, you gotta sell cocaine after. You gotta sell drugs <laughs> after that. But and, and if and if you're not if you and that's one of those things where it's like if you're not from urban areas or if you you don't have the mental space to understand why somebody would sell drugs, you'll never appreciate music like that. Oh. Because it's not about glorifying it; it's about just understanding. Like, damn, it is yes. serious. Exactly. What do you, what do you say? Chickens put me in position to donate the rice. Mm. And you brought. I remember you stopped and pause that. Please, like, pause that. Pause that. Pause that. Chickens put me in position to donate the rice. I was like, <laughs> "Come on, it's different, man. You gotta respect that. Like, you gotta respect that, man." Yeah, bro. bro. Nah, of course, and that's why, like, I always, I always had a respect, and like, just why I always appreciate you coming to the crib because it would be like, "Yo," because at the crib, I play whatever, I play whatever songs I wanted to play, and people are usually like, "All right, it's his house. I'm not really gonna say anything." You're the only person to be like, "Well, no, we're not, we're not playing that shit." You know, you'd, be, you'd be like, "What the fuck? What the fuck are you doing?" But I feel like a dick too, y'all. I feel like an yeah. asshole. No, because I, 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 I told them I was like, "I don't think this dude likes me." 
<laughs> it wasn't until that, it wasn't until that French Montana shit, and I was like, oh, this is just this is just who he is, and I was like, oh, I'll exactly. fuck with it. yeah, because exactly. I, I hate that come off like that sometimes. No, nah, it's just that it's just that you you just care a lot, <laughs> and that that then I got because I apart me after that, I was like, yo, it's okay to tell something tell somebody something's bad because you care. Like one of my favorite moments, this happened outside of it. There's no, there's all right. There's a white kid at our school. They started rapping, right? And all the white kids was just like, "Yo, this dude is so nice." Da 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 da. I'm not gonna say his name because he might listen. Like, no, fuck it. I'll say it was TC. It was TC, right? Remember? Oh my god. Because he was like, he started rapping. I used to be like, "Yo, this nigga is trash, bro." Like he's a cool dude, but he's bad. Then one day I was at a party. I was black. I had a bottle of rock for the first time. Bottle of rock for the first time. I threw up that night. But then I was just like, "Yo, my bro." I think you're a great dude, but I think your music is just bad, dog. I didn't know his producer was right next to him. I remember TC, bro. And, and his producer, yo, know, his producer was, was like so crazy to me because everybody thought he was so like he an was alien dog. No, he wasn't. And then like, all right, so his producer is like getting mad and mad, and his homie's like, "Hey, yo, my man, take this beer, walk away. It's gonna get bad if you stay here." And I did. And then flash forward like four or five years. Um, my homie Sam is at Laugh, at Laugh Boston. We all there. She's doing a show. And TC is there. And I see him out the corner of my eye. And he's talking to Sam. He's like, yo, you do comedy. I have a friend down to school who does comedy. And he's, as he said, I have a friend. He sees me. He's like, oh, shit, what up, Tawanda? He's like, oh, da, da, da. Yo, I just want to say, like, bro, I remember you told me to stop rapping. He was right, bro. I shouldn't have been doing that shit at all. <laughs> <laughs> and be like that, man. So I'm like, like, yo. So I was like, so, so like, so shout out to TC. TC, if you hear this shit, shout out to you, bro. That was that was so honest, and I appreciate that. It, Word, it hurt my heart. To, yeah, and I'll shout out to some people don't rap. Hey, man. <laughs> and be like that sometimes, yo. Yeah, not, and that's what. I'm not I'm, killing nobody's dreams, but sometimes, you know. Yeah, that's and that brings me to my next thing, bro. It was just like listening to you rap. On the other hand, I was like, "What? How? When did you get good at rapping?" Like, oh. not because look. So the thing is, I'm not saying. I mean, in the way, it's just like at the time, I didn't even know you was rap. Like, I didn't even know you was rapping when I, when I knew you. Now I know where it's like, "Hey, yeah, I rap now." Here's my first. Here's my album. I remember listening to your album where you dropped. You dropped. You dropped my name on the album, and I was on my way to get. I was on my way to get a tattoo, and uh, Jamaica Queens. So I look, I'm listening to your album on the train because it, like, it was cool because I had I had no service the entire way. It was crowded, packed trains. This is before Corona. I'm just standing for like 45 hours straight just listening to your shit. And I was like, oh, shit. This nigga's rapping like this? Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Yeah. Those, uh, those are like dope moments for me. Um, I try to, uh, you know, I try not to be so heavy with just, oh, throwing names there just for the just for the reason like I, I wanted to be like a purpose at a moment and to bring people back so like on that record you know uh, which was a uh, shit ain't changed much too on the from the east project you know smoking dope at the wanda's listen to gucci and cameron it's just so it just brought me back to a time and um you know it's just so honest and i, I I'm, I'm particular with, with details and i know people will enjoy those moments you know hearing that like yo you remembered or like I yeah that's i remember yo that shit for real that was such a that was such a dope moment for me man like it was literally like it was from framingham there was three dudes that like i'm so happy like two dudes actually now because one of them stopped rapping I, i'm gonna bring them up i'm like yo why'd you stop rapping but you and keon right 
when y'all started rap, when y'all like when I was like, y'all, y'all rap, I was like, oh, this is dope. Like both both of y'all's music, I like that's the shit. Like I was like, I told this nigga TC to stop rapping so these niggas could have a bigger lane to keep rapping. So it was like I had to because Yeah, man. And it's like we all we all was like figuring it out at the same time. I remember the first time Key started rapping and we used to be like me, him and Chad, like when we used to smoke in the bathroom when we uh went to the dorm off campus in Marlboro. And bro, we would just break down Drake lyrics and, and whole lyrics all day and trade verses back and forth. And I remember all those times, man. And like, that's that's where I kind of like got the passion. Cause I used to write music and I, I dropped my first project in like, you know, I, well, I dropped my first project in 2010, but I really started writing music, like as far as like writing verses and stuff like that, maybe around like 2005, but I had never put mm. it out official. So like all those years, it's kind of like me just experimenting and, and just sharpening my pen. And by the time I got out of college, like I was like, all right, let me try to give a, let me try to get this thing a go. Yeah, man. And I think that's super dope. Also, it's just like, it's also a testament to how um, when you start something, people don't notice it until like it's good. Right. And you're just like, oh shit. Like, cause you say, I didn't even know you dropped a project in 2010. I knew you was right. rapping, but like I, cause I, I thought you started rapping in 2000. Like you said, you started writing in 2005. I didn't even know that. I just assumed you started rapping, like I don't know, 2012, 2013, and shit. When Keon, when Keon was out here doing it, mm-hmm. but like hearing that is just like it's a testament. And like I think as an artist, it's humbling to be like, yo, people aren't gonna notice until you make them notice, until you start like really showing that shit. And it's like you're, it's hard to explain, but it's like. It's good that you just I'm just happy that you're one of the people that persevered and kept going. Cause I remember for me it was like I was like I said I was like, hey everybody, I am a stand-up comedian now. Excuse me, yes, yes, address me as such. And everyone's like, okay, like I don't really yeah, I don't right. know. Yeah, like, yeah. Whatever, 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 whatever. whatever. <laughs> Come on now. And then it's like just so like just that going through that shit is just so crazy. Oh, and the third nigga who was rapping. Who stopped rapping? I'm looking at the camera. He might not see this because he has a job and a family. He's happy. <laughs> Fucking Jerome, bro. Jerome was nice. Yo, Jerome was crazy. nice. You know what's crazy about Jerome, right? What? He's back. He's back in it. He's about to drop a new project soon. What? Soon. Dog. I remember. His, you know, I remember because like I remember back in there when I met Jerome. He was just like, I was. I don't want to say he had money like that. Not to a spot. But I remember his album came out and it was like he had like he had his own the cover of it. What was it? The Fall of Rome or some shit? Nah, he still. Rome doing I. We gonna put it like that. Rome I. <laughs> yeah, bro. Shout out to Rome, bro. That was though. That was. That's my man, yo. I remember I met him in some class. I forget some bullshit class, and he was just like, "Yeah, I'm from Brockton," and he was just like, "Ain't." Hey. He, he was he was he was he was nice, bro. Yeah, Rome. Rome's tough, man. And um, the thing about the, the funny thing about music is like you gotta go through those moments, and that's where you persevere. Like I went through the same thing. Like it starts off as a reaction, like oh, 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 you can you can rap, so it's like oh, all right, you're cool, you can put words together, and then it's like the next step is like oh, all right, well that song's kind of cool, okay, so you, you you're a rapper. Now it's like all right, they're calling you a rapper because you can make some songs, but then where I'm at now, the reactions I'm getting to the music now, it's like I feel like my ability as a rapper and my ability to make songs have aligned at the right moment. So the project that I've done now, the reactions I'm getting is like, oh nah, this might be something that that people are gonna hear. Like this is something that might go somewhere. 
So All that's right. the testament to the growth, you know what I mean? And and those are the reactions that I kind of look for. Like, so I always appreciate the feedback and but seeing the different reactions at the different stages in my career, that's where you know you, you're trending in the right direction or you're making progress upward, you know what I mean? All right, I feel that. I gotta ask you this. Because I know for me, like, I think the comics journey is actually very parallel, very similar to that in the sense of like people like, oh, you want to be a comic? Like, oh, you're, you want to be a comic? All right, whatever. And like, oh, you can make some, you can make some jokes. That's that's cool. Now people are calling you a comedian. This is my friend. He's a comedian. And it's just like, right. and one day everyone was just like, yo, I see what you're doing now. And it's so blah, 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 blah. Like, I got to ask, like, how do you feel when people start saying like, it almost sounds backhanded when they're just like, yo you put like yo what you're doing right now is so dope and it's just like i never thought it was trash bro it's just like i was just developing like i because to me it's like i never felt like oh i'm a bad i'm a bad comic you probably felt you, you, did you ever feel like oh i'm a bad rapper right now or you're just like yo i'm having a good time i'm doing the best i can right now so for me i kind of like it makes me chuckle and laugh because like you said it's, it's a situation where it's like i always thought i was nice yeah, but um, I'm I'm realistic enough, and I'm not naive enough to think I was as as good as I am now. Then, right. as, as my songwriting ability, I know there were some things I need to be polished. But the sound at that time, it may sound good to you. You know what I'm saying? And you have to go through making a lot of bad records. Like when I moved to Atlanta after college, you know, of course, like anybody else, I was like, well, I want to go there. I'm going to blow up. I'm going to be a huge rapper. Soon as I get in the car, I'm in D.C. I'm like, Yo, I don't even have a single. <laughs> like. I don't even have a single. I'm halfway to Georgia. I done already quit my job in Massachusetts. Like, it's over. Ain't no turning back. Yeah. I can't turn around and go home. It's over. And I don't even have a record. And I'm talking about I'm going to go out here and be a big rapper. So fast forward, like, you know, I'm a busboy. I'm working at a, a restaurant in the Hilton downtown. But at the same time, those two years I was out there pretty much changed my entire life. Yeah, and man. I, I learned so much from music, just from, like, a performance standpoint, seeing people that are local artists but are like commanding the stage killing shit like you know what i'm saying i remember the first visit i went down there i seen this kid young licks perform you know in east atlanta had the crowd going crazy you know what i'm saying there's like local celebrities in there like rock when he's killing shit and he's like not like a, a superstar at the time he's like a local star next day i see him working in lids two weeks mm. later he's on bt mm, yeah that's how that's how that that's that's comedy too. Uh, that's the same shit, especially in New York, where it's like you'll see somebody kill, like crush, and then you'll see them the next day, like yeah, I deliver Postmates, or like I I move out, or like I'm I'm a mover, and then a week or two later, you see him on Comedy Central, and you're just right. like yeah, and like oh shit, but then like the thing is, it's crazy. You see him on Comedy Central, then like a couple weeks later, you see him back moving again. Right, that's and- it. And what people don't remember is that all the work they put in to get there and like it's okay to still live your real life while still pursuing your dreams. And I think that's something that people just came around to maybe in the last like three years. Like they don't expect people to just be like, you don't have to be some, uh, you don't have to put your job and like say you're putting your all into your music to feel like you're you're chasing your dream. Like, no. Like you can keep your day job. Like I still work right now, and that's the fun. Not only my family, but what I'm doing with music. Yeah, yeah. And it's totally I had, fun. Yeah, I had a comedy mentor back in the day. Who like? Because I used to be like one of those. I got to my guy. I got to do this out of third. So I was like, I have to graduate from school. And I didn't want to do that shit. Because I was like, I'm just gonna drop out and do comedy. Fuck everything. And then my mentor at the time was just like, bro. The thing about the arts is that 
it'll always be there. And you got to start thinking about like how much you care about this shit, really. Like, do you care in this? Are you caring because you're, you're about to drop everything to do it? Or are you caring more because you're about to fund, you're about to work harder to fund it so you can do it the best? And you're not moving into places like you're not moving desperate. Cause I know a bunch of comics that like they do this shit, but the way they live is just like they all they all they they live in a way that all they have is this. Mm-hmm. So then when last year happened, it was like chaos. They didn't know what the fuck to do. Mm-hmm. So you got people who are like, you know, middle of the pandemic outside telling jokes, shivering because it's just like this is all I have. If I don't do this, it's like no. Nah. So it's like learn how to be, learn how to be a person, be an adult, and live a life, and have experience, and then have, so that gives you something to talk about. That's where art comes from. It doesn't come from just isolating yourself in this one thing. It, you know, you can't make art, or you can't. I don't think you can make really great art isolating isolating yourself in the art. You have to live a full life. Absolutely, and I'm glad you said that because that goes into a lot of how I record and do my projects. Like I remember watching the Kendrick Lamar interview, and uh, and Jay Z mentioned this before too. It's like, yo, when you get my project, those are pretty much the songs I recorded. Like I'm, they're not hoarding a hundred songs for one project and then cutting it down. You know what I'm saying? Like they live life, and then when they're inspired and you know, they, they feel the need to create, that's when they do it. And that's how all my projects have been. You know what I'm saying? I've had to experience life and just even remembering things because I'm tapping into a lot. Like, when you listen to my music, like, I don't spare the details. You don't. You know, aside from leaving some names out just for, like, you know, some people are still active in some things. So, you know, I got to leave some names out for a lot of the stuff. But other than that, like, I'm, I'm pretty detailed and... A lot of that stuff, man, it's not easy to tap back into. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, so, for sure. I, I got gotta, that. I got to live, man. And that's like the best time. And like when I'm into a project, I'm immersed into it. Like my family will tell you, like, you know, I'm recording like two, three in the morning after work. And, um, yeah. you know, recording back to back nights because I got to get it out because I'm in the groove. I'm in the zone. So it's, it's something I don't really control, man. I, I give... I get faith up above, man, because I, I feel like I'm just putting the pen to the paper, but I feel like it was already written, especially the way this project came together and just a lot of things, the way things are aligning, like, that's why I do it, because I think that's my thing. Like, I've always been somebody that's been able to to be great or, or, or stand out what I was doing, whether it was basketball or... Yeah, I, remember, I remember basketball. I remember hit, I remember hit a game yeah. winner at school and everyone went crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the highlight of my life, man. Like that, no, was, I remember that's, yeah, I remember that's that was just me. That was just me showing I can do it on that level in college. Like I didn't play as much in in high school, you know, as much as I thought I should have. So my my push and my my drive was always like, yo, everybody knew I was one of the best in the city. People would tell me that all the time. I would show it on the summer circuit, but I just didn't get my opportunity during high school basketball. So I was like. When I got to college, I'm going to show I can play at, at, at a high level. And, and I was able to do that. And I'm, I'm always able to end up standing out in everything I do. So when it came to music, I'm just like, yo, I think this is something I was really given a gift for. I didn't take it where I should have with basketball, where I, you know, I thought about going overseas. But in my heart, I didn't really want to go. And I knew yeah. I had to finish what I, what I needed to finish with basketball after my senior year. After I played in the All-Star game. You know, for seniors in New England, 
I was like, I felt it. I was like, yo, this is it. That's real. And you know what, man, I'm glad you said, I'm glad you said a lot of that because like, I think sometimes we have this, like, we are, we're all told this idea of like, you got to pursue your first passion or da, 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 until the end. And it's just like, sometimes it's just like, bro, you have to do the shit you want to do and not what people tell, like, not what you think you're supposed to do. Cause there's some people I know, some people out there probably right now who are playing basketball at the highest level who hate the shit and they're fucking miserable. Absolutely. And it happens all the time, every day, every day. Yeah. And you can tell because a lot of basketball players become rappers. That's how, that's how, you know, somebody hate, like, all right, you can tell somebody hates their job when they randomly become a rapper somewhere. Like I've seen mad porn stars become rappers and I'm like, come on now, nigga. Right. <laughs> right. You see, you you see you mad dildo, porn stars. You got dildo bars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You see, you're like, I fuck mad bitches. Yeah, we know. We know, bro. That's, that's, that's why I yeah. know you. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> what the fuck are you rapping about? Like, I seen you. Yeah, it's like, bro. So now, 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 now you can't, you can't, now you can't even get real. Talk about the, you can't talk about the sad days in your life. You can't be like, yeah, shit was hard growing up. Like, damn, this thing's going porn because you got molested. Like, you don't want to hear that shit, bro. Right. Don't rap. Like, I don't need to, like, yo, I seen mad porn stars just be rapping. Don't, don't rap, dog. Don't rap. Yeah. I don't. Also, I don't want to. I don't want to see your. Like, I don't want to know you. I don't want to know. Right. I don't. Yo. I don't need to hear your voice outside of the context. <laughs> yeah. I ain't hear. I ain't, I ain't hear your voice then, nigga. No disrespect. I'm sure you a good person. I'm sure you got a great story. But I ain't interested about nothing about your personal life. Nah, bro. Like, like, no, there's like, there's that one porn star nigga that always has like the knee pads on. I'm just like, damn, like. And we all, we all know who he is, and it's just like it happened. Like it's like it happened. I know, and I remember like it happened out of nowhere. And I was so what happened to his knees. Like, listen, right. now, 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 listen, now, I gotta care about your knee health, nigga. That's fuck. I don't need. <laughs> I don't want to care about you, dog. I'm not no, here to real. check up on you. Like I like, and, and I mean, yeah. I mean, like, and also, I'm not saying that in a way. I mean, I mean, like, you, like, you know, you're you're a male porn. I don't need to know you. I don't need to see your face. I. It's like, yeah, you get money. That's cool. That's what's up. I just, right. I, like, I, yeah. It's like I don't want to know nothing about you. Like, don't, yeah. don't, don't tell me any intricate details. Like, I'm really not even trying to envision you. Like, yeah, I, 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 I like I'm watching you because of all the of all the porn star niggas. You look the most like me, in my opinion. So I can kind of imagine that's me in there when I'm watching you. Because if I now that I know, now that if I know I'm watching you, then I, I'm just watching another dude. That, that's fucking crazy. I don't want to watch. Yeah, that. you got to mind trick yourself, bro. Yeah, that's why I keep it a buck, man. I I try to keep it to the girl on girl, my nigga. Yo, I be. I, I, Yo, I'm not gonna lie. I've tried that, but I'll be watching that and I'll be like, all right, so one, two, nah, how's it over? Nah, at least for like when, it, no, it's, when it's a dude and a chick, it's like you know, you know, when it's over, when it's just like, all right, but somebody nutted. That's it, but when it's girl on girl, it's just like they both kind of just like sigh really deep, and that's the end of it. <laughs> It's like, oh, that was fun. <laughs> you, gotta, you, gotta get the, you gotta get the quality search up, T. Yo, listen, man. They they more into a sensual dog. And it's just like with the girls, man, it's like, yo, you feel the passion, bro. You can see that. Oh, I'm not gonna I'm not this what this is what this is why this is what I did actually. I started watching porn directed or made for women. And so it can be it could be male and woman or whatever, whatever. But it's still just like it's directed for and it's and it's right. that shit is way better. Right. Cause it, yeah, because I used to like you're watching, like, all right, this feels like this feels like it can happen. Cause you watch some pornos, it's just like, hi, I'm a plumber. And he's like, really? Don't, da, 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 da. I was like, all right, I don't want to do this. Now he's just like fucking railing her. You're like, that's not, 
I try to watch the storylines is fire too. If we, Yo. It, if, if we keep it in a thousand storylines, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the, the one I've been watching is the PMA main shit. This, they have their storylines just like it's like, hey, so they talk to the performers, they're just like, all right, so why do you want to work with this person? And they, and they break down the reasons why they like the person about to have sex with, and it makes it better. Facts. I'm like, oh, this is that because because you're a human, because like we're this is like this is this is human being instead of being like, oh, I just want to see random stuff. Like you want a good story that makes you yeah. What you say also, that? they're not known for their acting. So if they're genuinely be like, hey, I wanted to be with this person, you know what I'm saying? It's not like I yeah. I I can't take you on the field trip, Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> right. It was just from like the early nineties, it's like, right. oh terrible. Bro, I, I saw one that like is it was so funny because okay this this okay there's one person that I like because he reminds me because he's like my same skin color and he's awkward as fuck so I'm just like all right this is that's me right there bro so like the, the, the porno video was just like the porno video he was just like yo excuse me like hey where's my son and the babysitter's just like I don't I I don't know where your son is I'm so sorry and he's like you lost my son. And she's like, yo, calm down, calm down. And he's and she's like, she's saying all this. Like, let me just, let, just relax. Let me relax. She starts taking her clothes off and shit, right? And he just looks down. And he's just like, I just want my son back, dog. And the way he said it was so real. And she started wilding, right? <laughs> she started wilding. I was like, dog, where is his son? <laughs> like, why that shit don't happen to me? Right? Yeah. <laughs> I never, I never, like, I never had my son. I never had that statue. That used to have, yo, what the fuck? Yo, I wonder how many, like, prep conferences for missing children the father's sitting there, like, is she coming? Is she going? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. My, oh, shit. Oh, shit. shit. My son's missing. She's still oh, missing. Shit. Like, oh, unbuckling his belt. Like, she... What I've been thinking about, though, is speaking of that, I thought about this shit. I was like, yo, how many, like, because we all remember bang bus and shit. How many white vans are just driving around Florida just being like, oh, shit, like, what's going on? Because that was the, 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 in Bang Bus, I was, they were like, yo, we got the bus, we got the van. You need a ride? Now, I feel like dudes probably did that shit because dudes are stupid. Listen, I don't know if you're going to see this, but my neighbor got one. So I was like, yo. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you're doing in there. I'm going to keep it a bean. Like, <laughs> hey, man, we, we scarred, man. You see you see a plain white van, man. I, yeah. I, need, I, need a, I need a label or something. Like, I need yeah, a, I need a reason. Why do you, why do you have this? <laughs> I need a company on the side. Yeah, it's like they uh, us like, oh, I, I just I bought I bought this because the only other car I have is a, a black crown Victoria like, dog. <laughs> yeah, that's like the people who had the cop cars, the Fords. It's yeah. Like, yeah, that's the only one you found on scene. Like, why why are you why are you doing this? <laughs> yeah, that should be crazy, bro. I know a white kid I know a white kid in, in high school. Who was, who was he was he was trapping or whatever but he was like he had the black crown bit with the blue lights on it and he was Yo. like yeah. and it was a cool car but at the same time like sometimes i just speed behind people and i watch them i watch them panic and i'm just like all right you're a monster <laughs> bro i see people do that and i got like a normal i got a chevy truck i got an equinox bro and i see yeah. people bugging out behind me i'm like damn y'all just nervous y'all just scared yeah. now stop Yo, trapping the scariest shit i've ever seen was like i saw like I, I saw what you call it, like a Nissan minivan or whatever, right? I saw a Nissan minivan, and it was a it was two cops in the front seat, and I was like, oh shit! I didn't even know they could do that. That oh, yeah. shit scared the shit out of me. Oh yeah, man, it's it's crazy, man. I remember uh to to, to go into those. I remember I got stopped 
like a year and a half ago, bro. This was like kind of like my first experience, like after everything that was going on. Yeah. So, you know, I, I work till 1230. So I get off. Um, and this is before COVID. So I'm, mm -hmm. I'm coming from the office and, you know, I'm on 95. So like I live in Delaware. So yeah. our highway is 95, which is essentially probably the most popular and busiest highway in the United States. So I'm driving down and then I, I don't think I had my I had my plate yet because I just got the car. So cop pulled me over, whatever, steady. And I remember when I pulled over, bro, just being shook, dog. I couldn't even explain it. It's crazy. I haven't pulled over by police before, but, you know, just with everything going on, I was shook, bro. And I remember he was like, oh, you're speeding. And it's like, yo, I got an electric dash here. I was like, I was in the speed limit. You've been following me for like three miles, this and that. So, of course, he ended up letting me go because he's like, where are you going? I'm like, yo, I got my badge on from work. Still. Yeah. I got a college shirt on. I got my badge on still. Like, I got my work jacket on. I'm like, dog, one more. Like, I'm coming from work. You know what I'm saying? But it was just like one of those moments, man. It's just like, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy because you kind of, you know, you don't want to be in that space as a black man. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, for sure. That shit's that shit scary. I remember one time in Framingham, I was with my homie, with my homie Shiz, and we was like driving around from party to party, and we pulled over. And we pulled over as cop cars in front of us, and we pulled over, turned the lights off, you know what I mean? Just regular shit. And a cop hops out the car, pulls out his flashlight, and walks over to the car, and is just like, oh, what are you guys doing? Da, da, da. And he makes my boy get out the car, and he pulls a gun on him, and he's like, I'll blow your brains out right now. I'm like, sir, da da da. I don't know, I'm like, and he's like, all right, he lets us go. And we try driving away, right? And now we're sitting in the car, just mad quiet, mad quiet. And my boy's like, yo, I'm like, what up? He's like, yo, I only can realize that there's a whole ounce in the car right now. There's, a, there's an ounce in the dashboard right now. <laughs> and we started dying laughing, like, this fucking dumbass. <laughs> we could have, you know, you could have arrested us, but you were fucking racist. That's you fucking asshole. That's it. We started rolling. We was dying laughing. Like, yo, we just beat, we just beat these niggas. Yeah, man. And it's, those, those moments, man, you just kind of like, you just glad you could laugh about it later, man. Yeah, man. That's it. That's it. And that's why we do. That's why we do. Like, it's not that we don't care. We laugh because we know where sure. to go. We exactly. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent, bro. I think like I really think that that's a part of the immigrant or just black experience, especially where it's just like, or just anybody who's been through a lot of trauma, you don't just like you can laugh at anything. Like you know, it's just it's because that's what got me through. That's what gets you through and shit. And like for example, I bring it up a lot on the podcast. I don't know if you noticed, but like I had an ex who had cancer. She passed away, and that yeah. was unfortunate. But it was like I remember while it was happening, like we talk and we still like we just laugh about stupid. We'd laugh about shit like that, or like after that, I I still like laugh about a lot of shit she said. Like one thing she said that it, I can always gauge how somebody is by this one thing. Because remember, like last time I saw her, right, it was Martin Luther King Day, twenty twenty, and she had like a month left to live or whatever. And we're talking. She's like, I just want you to know that like you were the love of my life. And I was like, damn. And she was like, yeah. But um, the thing is, is that. Uh, my boyfriend before you cheated on me and the boyfriend after you sent, broke up with me in a text message. So you kind of just win by default. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, shit. <laughs> and that was so funny because like, I'm dying. So like, so, 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 so yeah. So it's one of those moments. It's like, it's funny because it's like, if you're in a position where you can 
be comfortable enough to accept what's going on. Yeah. You have no, you have no problem being 100% truthful. Exactly. That And that's what it is. I think it's just like, yeah, nigga, it's, as you said before, we know exactly what's happening with all this shit. But it's like, we can laugh and talk about this shit. And like, I think, I don't, I'm not going to, some people probably can't, you know what I mean? I get that. And, I, and I'm not going to judge them for that. But sometimes you can, you can laugh at certain shit. Like, we said, I remember, I was at work and I said something that was this is gonna this might be bad, but it was so funny. Cause you we were just talking about all these all like the black like you, you go on like Amazon or whatever, so it's always like, oh shit, the black movies, it's always some sad shit. It's always like 12 years a slave, we're like not like Selma. It's never like some happy shit. And it's like yo, happy shit happened during the sad shit. I was like, I was like, yo, what if we made it like Friday, but during slavery? <laughs> yo. <laughs> Yeah, it's like yo, it, wait, wait. I don't know if we have to edit that, but I get what no, you're we're not, we're not, we're not, no, 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 because 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 here's because no, because like I saw I saw because I saw a friend of mine we talking about this. It's like all right, let's keep it, let's keep it, let's keep it a bean, let's keep it a bean, let's keep it a bean, right? Wait, you gotta let the rest of us. I know that's a thought you've had before. You gotta let the rest of us. Just sit. <laughs> So like the Friday version during slavery. So like, <laughs> like all right, like think about like think about this shit. Every right? time I'm in the house, you in the house. Oh shit! Oh shit! Every time you make an eliminate, you make an eliminate. <laughs> when you get so, close, I want some days off. When you get so close to that, huh? Oh shit. Dog, it's Friday. Get your ass, Harriet Tubman. <laughs> Alright, that's it. <laughs> but it's like, I don't know, I'm so good. But like, even oh, like shit. you watch like the boom like even the boondocks, right? Cut story catch a story catch a freeman, all right? Mm-hmm. That right. is a funny story about slavery. Absolutely. Like this, oh, the when like, at the very beginning when they're whooping Tobias's ass, like no man, we don't want to go. It's like and they're just laughing, like and I feel like all right, I'm not saying that it was. That, what I mean is, but it's like we're going through the trunks of traumatic, and to get our people, we know this shit. To get through shit, we have to find humor. We have to find some way to have hope. And for four and like for you're enslaved, like we people were slavery for generations. You had to have some sort of hope beyond just like this is bad. Like they weren't working. They weren't waking up every day. Be like, all right, today's the day I leave. Like, all right, fuck. This is what I was born into. I'm probably gonna die into. How do I live my fucking life? I'm gonna find a way. Right. And, and the reason why that's a good point, because it's like we're being legitimate and we're being realistic here, right? As bad as slavery was, we're going to sit here and be naive enough to say that they didn't laugh and smile no day at all. Mm-hmm. Like they never have. They never have one day where as a community, you know, uh, regardless of their circumstances, where they didn't come together and, and laugh and sing. Where, where did Negro spirituals come from? Yeah. Where did jumping where did jump in the broom come from, bro? Like people right. like they found they found a way to live, live their lives and shit. And I think that like, honestly, that's why even when I watch Hollywood movies about like any sort of oppression, slavery, whatever, whatever, it's always kind of just like, I know it's made for white people because it's always like at the end of the movie, everything's over. It's like, hey, you're free now. We did it. It's like, no, that's not the reality of the situation. Like this is a this was yeah this was a long this was a long period of time, and you can't just save yourselves from being like oh it was awful but it's over like no it didn't end for a lot of people, like that's why Steven Spielberg I fuck with him because at the end of Amistad right because Amistad 
then Amistad was so depressing because it was just like, all right, the dude fucking got on, he got on a bus, got on a ship home. Someone's got a bus. He got on the ship home, got on the ship home, and then the, the afterwards was like, yo, he got back to his village and found out most of his family was enslaved. And it's like, damn, that fucking sucks. Yeah, it sucks. That's what fucking happened. Now, where do we go from here? Let's let's be honest. You got to be honest. Let's be your open, honest, vulnerable selves, and then we can move forward. But right now, people are just like, no, it wasn't that bad. Or even today, what the fucking, like, what you call it? The British royals who are all just like, all right, we're not racist. Like, yes, the fuck you are. Just, just say it. Like, yeah, just say it. Just say it. We already know. Like, it's like, it's, yeah, it's like, that shit, yo. Thank <laughs> We we're can't. Gonna be honest on this. We're gonna be honest on this part. People yeah. who say they aren't racist are full of the most shit than anybody in the world. It's like that's like the most ridiculous thing to say. That's like saying that's like saying black people don't run sports. Yeah. Like if, you're, if you're in a situation where you're so bent upon equality, where you don't say like we run sports and we're pretty much the majority in in all the sports for the most part, except for like maybe like hockey and whatnot. But it's like if you're still denying like, hey. Black people love basketball. <laughs> it's like, yo, we're like, where, where are we at? Like, we gotta be yeah. realistic. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. You gotta be realistic. Also, like, I don't think anybody who owns Fabergé eggs isn't racist. Like, you have to be racist. You can't. You, right. like, that's part of it. You can't be not racist and own a Fabergé egg. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> it, the racism comes with it. Okay, is it right? <laughs> it certificate of racism. Is a bit. Bro, it's like being a Republican. That's why we need to get rid of parties because it's like. It's almost impossible just from the like the historical makeup and the foundation of what it means to be a Republican, bro. It's it's rooted in being prejudiced towards black people. So bro. it's like you can say you have all the black friends in the world, you can donate to black charities, but at the end of the day, when, as far as we have these parties, you're Republican. We're gonna view you as being against black people. Bro, what's so crazy is I have a friend who's like from college. I'll tell you the name after the fact, but like he is full Republican, Republican, like Fox News, all that shit. And then like I'll talk to him, I'll talk to him, talk to him on the phone and shit. And the voice of the the amount of love and respect for me he has is so pure and open. And I was like, what's going on? Then one day I told him like I was like, yo, I got a job, I'm making this. And immediately heard that. He's like, all right, let me hear all the secret white tricks to make it more. He told me everything. Mm-hmm. It was like, and then one day, because we were talking about something, he was like, yo, invest in this company. They put satellites in Africa. I was like, wait, satellites in fucking, Af- why do we need satellites in Africa? And he was like, it's probably a bad reason, but why shouldn't you and your family make money off of this? It's going to happen anyway. And I was like, that's a callous way of you in the world. But he was like, I'm trying to get you, I'm trying to get you some money, bro. So this is a great point, and I'm glad you brought that up. So this is a great point about that, and this is what this is what I tried to teach people from where I was from that was kind of like stuck in an urban mentality. So to try to make a long story short as, as quick as possible, when I was a junior in high school, right, my my close group of friends um, it was my boy Brandon, my boy Josiah, my boy Jimmy, my boy Bobby, my closest group of friends, right. So they kind of had made a decision where they wanted to infiltrate the white crowd in high school, so to speak. So they started going to, this is the first time we heard of kickbacks. Yeah. You know, they started going to those parties, those type of parties and, you know, chilling with some of the females and just kind of learning how to navigate that world. So I remember I wasn't chilling with them for a while because 
I had lived in I had lived in Pennsylvania for two years when I was I moved there when I was ten. Yeah. When I first I went when I first moved there, the first six months we lived in this place called Collingdale. And this was the first time I had racism smack me in my face. Mm. We were the only black family in the town. Like, and I'm talking about like old school ignorant races, like people on the foot. I played pop on the football, and I got young white kids asking me, like, yo, when you guys fart, is it green? Like ridiculous stuff like that. No, he would ask like right, yeah. Like, do you guys eat fried chicken every night? Like ridiculous questions. You know what I'm saying? So that was the first time I dealt with it. Like right in my face. And I remember I had this picture of the Pop Warner team and I fought every kid on the team except for one. You know what I'm saying? So it was like one of those scenarios. Like, so I didn't, I didn't, I didn't really take in well to white people after after that. I didn't really like hang around them. I kind of judged black people that chill with white people. It was like really, I was really kind of like misinformed just on everything in total. I just went off this experience and kind of like, I was like, I'm good. So then when my homies started chilling with them and I didn't really have the connection I did, I, I remember I told them, I, I sent them, I told them, I talked to them. I was like, yo, I miss hanging out with y'all. Let me try to figure this out. And let me, I want to start coming to these parties. I want to start hanging out too. So what helped me out with that was that I learned how to assimilate. And yeah. how to, understanding their thinking and the way they move and why they be so apprehensive towards black people because i remember for a while i was getting a rep as the angry black kid and always wanted to fight because every time i felt a white dude was kind of like testing me or like going out the line i'm blacking yeah i'm blacking but then i kind of learned how to move so when i got to framing him i knew how to deal with it I knew oh how- yeah knew how to navigate and what you learn from that is you start learning how to you start learning quality of life you start meeting people whose parents are fine are in the finance business or working in the medical business you start learning little things about stocks you all that little stuff i remember i was dealing with a shorty from native and that was the first time I had seen a check written for like $150,000. Mm, I still haven't seen that shit. And just like experiencing, I remember she was in a cul-de-sac, had like a million dollar crib. Like that was like my first kind of like introduction to that. And like, I just started having homies from basketball and I just kind of started learning the life. Yeah. And that experience was huge for me on where I am now. Cause it, it, it brought my mind outside of where we from. Yeah. That's I agree. I can I can concur with that. I seen I, yeah the amount of shit that I seen because of that is always like I had a crew because I had a crew of white friends in college and they showed me a lot of shit. But what's funny is like I would show them the the little shit because they show you this they show you shit that, they, that in their mind they knew like this is a big deal. Huh? Check this out. But you show them little shit and they be like, "What the fuck?" Like I remember one time I was talking, that's da da da. Like I was cheesing that hard. They're like, wait, what does that mean? And I was like, you know, cheesing. Like you're smiling. Like you say cheese, cheesing. And they're like, oh, cheesing. Huh? And they're like, and they, 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 they couldn't believe that slang. This slang, this little slang existed. Yeah. And it's just like this. This shit we just do. Like this shit. Like it's like the grand shit. That they can do is like oh my god but then it's like the shit that we just do is just on a regular basis being like oh i noticed how like your shoes match your hat which matches your shirt like yeah it's not hard yeah right. that's, 
I just thought colors were. <laughs> right. I remember my boy Bobby, bro. He had the first time I met my boy Bobby. He's from West Bridgewater, super white town. Yeah. But he was a hooper and he used to come to Brockton. He played in this summer league. And like, so I ended up playing AU and getting tight with him. I remember I clowned him the first time I went to his crib because his crib was, his closet was full of like Hollister and American Eagle. And I remember I just clowned him because of that. And then over time, I can just kind of see like my influence rubbing off on him. But also, it was a situation where he taught me how to move. So it's like, bro, if I'm going to, so if I'm going on like vacation and I'm in like Costa Rica or something, it's like, bro, you shouldn't be wearing a champ hoodie and and like, you know, <laughs> wearing a champ with the point. Some, some forty jeans, some forty inch jeans, forty inch waist jeans, like yeah. Like he taught me how to like, you know, get get fly with the polo boat shoes and like, you know, what I'm saying nice little Tommy Hill polo, like, and just kind of like introducing to me to life as far as like having good credit and, you know, that that came from me wanting to be able to pull my own weight because these homies like, thank God they just love me for me, like yeah. As much as you know, my homies from the hood to do whatever for me, like these dudes is I done been in brawls with them too mm. and they didn't show me a different part of life and and making me wanting to upgrade my lifestyle so like when i be telling my story when i explain to people like it's important to understand that all of that comes into play it really don't matter you know what i mean and that's why i kind of like get pissed off when um so-called street people kind of like look at people who weren't necessarily like out there shooting or killing or you know, selling keto yeah. that day in Israel. You know, when I came up in the same neighborhood and I seen all the same stuff you did. Yeah. Like, ain't nothing to surprise or new to me. You know what I mean? I was just able to kind of like take my mind somewhere else and see other things, you know, that people kind of like keep themselves from and, and being able to experience. Like some people in some people in their life will never see California and that's never crazy. yeah. Yeah, that's why that's wild as shit. Like I, I was thinking about that. I was thinking about that the other day. Some people are like, like that is my hometown. I will live here. I'll have a whole life here and I will die here. And I was like, how does that even work? California might as well be China. It might as well be yeah. other country. It's that far away. Cause like if you were to drive there, it would take you like a week. And if you, you know what I'm saying the flight alone is like seven, seven hours, six and a half hours or whatever. Yeah. So it's like it's it's like a, the other side of the world to a lot of people. So like, wait, 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 that's what. What's crazy though? You said you said it though. It's just like, yeah, it, you said if you fly there, it's seven hours. If it's if you drive there, it's a week. In the grand scheme of time, that's not mad time. That's like a week. Right. Like like literally legit. Like I was like, oh, I'd be in California in a week. It used, it used, it used to take people like months. People would remember back in the day, Oregon Trail shit. We all played that game where it was like, yo, you had to fucking take a whole family. People would die. Like they'd just be knocked off. Like what happened? Bro, we had. We, we I remember traveled. the early two thousands. I remember the early two thousands. It would take it. It would take for sure four and a half hours, almost five, to drive to New York. You can get to New York in like three hours. I don't know yeah. what happened. With, I don't know what happened with the traffic or what. But like, like you said, back in the days, traveling so like super long. I remember, like you said, if if you heard somebody driving to California, it took about a month. Yeah, it took him. It took him forever. Like they didn't know what was gonna happen. But then it's just like, man. That that mega that, that mega bus ride got so e- that shit got so easy. That like, that's that was the first that was that that's one of the first things that like always shook me. I talked we talked about this with our our guest Monroe a few a few months back, but it was like that that mega bus ride into New York. 
it's always something special like, every single time but it was also like at first it felt like it was the longest ride in the world but then by that one point it's like all right word if you got the fucking seat if you got a whole seat to yourself and you can, you can charge your phone you then lit. you lit you lit you lit, you lit. You lit. <laughs> and i started figuring out yo bro that's the crazy thing about the mega bus right you start kind of learning the tricks of the trade right yep. you want to get you want to you want to try to book the you don't want to try to book it as early as possible just so you can get that cheap bus. But then when you get there, you want to get on a lower level. Everybody runs to the top, bro. Everybody runs to the top. They either run to that front seat so they get the window or they run to the back. Everybody's trying to fill up the, the top seats. So if you get in the front, usually that first seat right by the bathroom. Yeah. You That's the seat that's usually left open. Yeah. With the tables. Those are always reserved early. So if you grab the one seat by the bathroom, yep. people, try to, people try to act like they don't want to sit there, but it's like, number one, you got the quick access to the bathroom. You got the aisle right there. And when the bus stops, you probably one of the first off. Yeah. So like, I always used to get seats to myself messing with that seat or the one seat right there that's by the door because nobody want to be cold when you stop and the door open. Yeah, it's, like, it's kind of weird how it's just like, you realize it because you're like, yo, no matter what, we're on the fucking bus. What, what, do, you, what do you need a table for? You're on a bus. Right. <laughs> you're on the right. bus. I don't want to be cold. Oh, I don't want to be cold. Like, dog, you're right. on. We're on a, a bus. <laughs> right. And nobody's eating. Nobody's really eating. There's usually one stop if you're coming from Mass or New York. There's usually one stop, and nobody's eating. So it's like you're not really missing nothing. You know what yo, saying? they 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 they, they, change, they changed it in, in 2018. When I was taking it, it was like we stopped at the Burger King, we stopped at McDonald's, we stopped at McDonald's, we stopped at a whole food court one time. I was like, yo, what? Yeah. I was like, what happened? Like, yo, we got 30, you have 30 minutes. I was like, wait, what? Yeah, mm-hmm. used to be like, all right, we're stopping for two minutes, and if you're not back in one and a half minutes, you're not getting back. I mean, that's it. Right. I remember Man. the first time I took the Mega Bus. Right. So, um, this is another this is another dope story and like kind of like my progression in music. So I remember uh, I had just moved back from Atlanta. And um, so I'm on Twitter one day and Illmind, uh, you know the producer Illmind? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so Illmind, this is when he was working on this human project with uh, Joel Ortiz. So he did this, um, this like giveaway, whatever, where it's like, all right, you had to text this number. And it was like the first, I think like 10 people, um, you would be able to go into a private studio session where Joel, he records a song on the spot and they talk about the human project. No worries. So um, he posted the, the number you have the text on Twitter and the, the tweet had been up for like eight minutes. So I'm like, oh, it's, oh, it's over. So I'm like, let me just text it, whatever. Like, yeah. Shot in the dark. Yeah. Text the number. Nigga, I get the text back. I start bugging. I'm like, I'm like, how? So th- this yeah. is like, this is all a part of like, my mind where I'm like, all right, this is in the greater scheme of things where it's like, it's already written. Cause I'm yeah. like, anybody knows if there's a contest or somewhere entry where you gotta, after like two minutes, you, it's over. Yeah, so, yeah somebody, somebody got that. It's over and it's still mine. Like he's not like an underground producer. So I'm like, that, that's crazy. So I ended up getting in and I remember I had to book a, a, a bus ticket for the very next day. Cause, Cause it was in New York and it was the yep. next day. So, I remember I got on the bus, I ended up going. And what was so dope about the experience is that everything that Joel Cheese and Illmind said reinforced exactly what I was thinking. That's the dopest shit. That's, and that's what was so dope because Illmind was just, t- he was just saying things like, yo, 
the best way to kind of like do your sound and work with a producer is like, yo, just link with him and just like build something organically. Like, don't make it about music. He said when you first linked with Joel, the first three days, they just went out and had lunch and just ate and just talked. Yeah, exactly. They didn't record anything the first three days. And then um, he was like, you know, they were able to just build the sound and that ended up turning into an album. And then I remember I asked Joel Ortiz, I was like, yo, how do you handle, you know, being, I think he was, I think he was 33 or 34 at the time. I was like, how do you handle being that age as a rapper and people who may kind of like look at you as being old? And he was just like, yo, I'm 34 years old and I'm just now figuring myself out. He had just made the house, the house slippers album. Yeah. And, um, uh, he was just working on that. He had just made the house slippers either right before that or he was just working on that right after the human album. And he was like, yo, I'm just figuring myself out. And he was like, the music I'm putting out now is my favorite music that I made because I finally figured out who I am and, and what I'm doing in life. And that like, really stuck with me. Because, oh, yeah, that's Yeah, because at the time, like, yeah, at the time I'm like 29, you know what I mean? And I'm like, yo, Am I supposed to still be doing this or like, you know, kind of like second guessing myself. And that was all I needed. And you know what I'm saying? After that. And um, and I just remember being in there, the song he ended up recording. This is still on YouTube. I remember I picked the sample, bro. Hmm. That's sick. That's all my son's life. So Ill Mind's going, he's he's going through the samples, right? So he starts doing beats or whatever. So he he does this one one, and then I'm like. I look at Ortiz with the, with the crazy face. I'm like, yo, that's the one right there. And Joel was like, he was like, yeah, go back to that other one. He was like, that is the one. He's like, go back to that. So um, he ended up chopping that sample up. He ended up recording it. And I remember just being there, y'all. I was trying to be so strategic. I'm sitting there just mumbling because I had a verse. I had, I had wrote some, some shit the night before. So I'm just mumbling, just hoping he kind of like noticed, like, yo, yeah. just go on the boo. And I, and I always regret it because I feel like I should I shouldn't just started rapping because it was a perfect setting for that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, like everything I took from that ended up what I put towards the From the East project. Oh, yeah. That's yeah, that's important. That's really important. And um, what he told you is fantastic. He's like he's 34. He's figuring himself out because I don't know. I think there's probably some Illuminati, some shit. There's some reason for this. But society always teaches us that like, oh, your best creative is going to happen in your early 20s. And it's like, that's not true at all. And it's only a rap. Yeah, it's like, yeah, rap. They don't do this nowhere other else. No, Billy, Billy, maybe, Billy, Billy Eilish is like, Billy Eilish is like 18. And like, oh, she's a product. It's like a lot, a lot of pop music. Like Britney Spears was 16. It's like in music, it's just like they just love youth. Like, like and in sports too, like, oh, youth. We need, like, we love and need youth so much. But it was like you get older and you like you, t- you get into your thirties and you're just like, I don't want a nineteen year old to tell me shit. Like, why the fuck do I want? Like, I don't listen to this music. I don't want to hear a fucking eighteen year old talk about his problems. Like, I don't give a shit. Right, and that's the that's kind of like the happy medium you got to get to because it's like, you know, in music in sports, it's like okay, like yes, there's a certain age where your abilities leave you and you can't perform at a high level anymore. That's cool, but in music. Like it only happens in rap. They don't do it in another in no other genre. Do they put an age limit on it? So that's why I'm so glad where rap is where it is now, and people just doing the research and start understanding more. You start realizing people like Rick Ross didn't blow till he was like 30, 31. Two, two chains. chains. Two chains. 
35, I think he was, when he yeah. soared off. Benny. 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 All of Griselda. All of Griselda. 35, 37. I think, I think West Side Gun might be 38. Yeah. I think so. And it's like, it don't matter no more. Once... And it's, it's sad, but it's, it's beautiful at the same time. Once Jay-Z dropped 4 for 4, the age limit thing was over. I feel like even before, I think, I feel like whole before that, because I remember, like, remember that was Cam's whole thing is like, yo, Jay-Z, you mad old. Even that, even back at, like, oh, what was the project? The the Before American Gangsta. Um, before American Gangsta, Kingdom Come. Yeah, Kingdom Come. He was just like, yo, you mad Oh, He was like, you was born in, what did, what did, what did Cameron say? You said you was an 80s, baby. You was born in 1967. You were 40 years. He, he was really born in 1970, I believe. But. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but still, it's like, by yeah. that point. He was like, yeah, he was like Jay Z just, he, but Jay Z also kind of was like, he was, he still was, he was considered the goat. So it was right at that, that point, he was established. But these other guys, it's like, oh, they all came out. Everyone was like, who the fuck? Ben, like Benny, just, and Benny just, he sounds like an old nigga. And you watch him rap, he sounds like an old, he sounds like an old man. But, he, but what's so dope is like, and I think what people are starting to understand is like, okay, he's 35, but you know what that means? You believe what he's talking about because he's experienced. Yep, exactly. You believe everything else because you know, experience. You get this. You get. You say minute details, and people are just like, "Oh, that definitely, that definitely." He's not lying, and that's what's so important. And I remember my boy. Shout out to my boy Brandon. You know he he lives in Cali. Um, mm-hmm. You know he's he's doing his music thing, and he, he like works for Google. Like super super dope dude with music and just like in life in general. And I remember when we first decided to really pursue rapping. We were probably like 18, 19 years old. He pulled up into the parking lot of my complex. I was living there at the time and he was just like, yo, we're gonna do this music thing, but it's gonna be all real. Because when I first started rapping, like writing music, actually writing music, which is actually cool to go into. So my first song, I fell in love with music was Sometimes I Rhyme Slow, Sometimes I Rhyme Quick. Greg Nice, CL Smooth, Nice and Smooth. That was the first record I can remember as a kid falling in love with music. Yeah. They had the video with the gun spinner on the table. My mom wouldn't let me watch the video because of that. I used to sneak and watch the video. Yep. That was my first favorite song, you know what I'm saying? So then um, what actually got me into physically writing music I stole this best of Jada CD from my uncle when I was 15 years old. Yeah. First song I heard was this Jada Kiss record, I Don't Care, on 60 Minutes of Funk Flex, Funk, Funk Flex Volume 1, I believe. And it was Jada Kiss record. And I remember I played that, the best of Jada Kiss, the whole weekend. Shout out to Jada. I couldn't believe how somebody could rap like that. Yep, Yo. you, playing it? you playing it right now? Yeah. Turn that, turn that up. Turn that up, please. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he's a half whack. Gas at. Blast that. To get your ass cap. Like, bro, the wittiness in his. I was like, yo, that was the first time. That was the first time I thought somebody rapped better than Biggie and Jay Z. So before this record. The first record, I was kind of like, oh, this is rapping? Yeah. 
Brooklyn's finest with Jay Z and Biggie. Oh yeah, it's weird. Like I feel like Jada just had like a clarity. Cause I look at like you look because I, I, I love Biggie's one. Biggie's probably my own favorite rapper. So is Jay Z. But it's like sometimes Jay Z, like early Jay Z, he would get so caught up in the wittiness that he would lose some clarity. Like you'd like the song because he can flow well, he's lyrical, but it's like I don't know what the fuck he's talking about. And I get older and I'm like, oh, but Jada yeah, is clicking. But, yeah, Jada back in the day, like Jada from the gate, you're just like I understand everything. How the gate and Jada kissed to be totally and. Anybody that knows me and tell you, Jay-Z is my god when it comes to rap. But Jadakiss might be the only rapper I can say never had a whack verse. Yeah, never. Never. He's had songs I don't like, but he's never had a bad verse. Never a whack verse. And, And that's what, like I said, when I was listening to that best of Jadakiss, that's what was like, Oh, I want to do this now. Yeah. That's when it's like, I want to write something on paper now. Like, I want to do this. So when I started, when I started writing, when I started writing the music, it got to the point where, is it not showing? My bad, hold up. Gucci? There we go, we good. All right. So yeah, when I was, when I started writing music, it got to the point where I'm like, if I'm going to write, I got to write it like this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's what inspired me to to put pen to paper, bro, was Jada Kiss, if I, if I could say anything. Right. Jada Kiss, yeah, because Jada, Jada Kiss is one of the only rappers I know who had, like, his mix, he had mixtapes, so it was just like, it was just verse after verse after verse after, maybe a 50-track mixtape, it's just all his verses. Yo, yo, Jada Kiss, was he's never had a bad verse to the point that like you can go back and you can watch all of his old uh Jadakus and Allen Iverson commercials and just listen to the raps. Oh my god. Yo, the Allen Iverson, yo, everybody know instant classic. Like it made you buy the shoes and then you like this is the greatest sneaker commercial ever. There's a new A5. You gotta rock him. They even put a zone league to try to stop try him. To stop him. <laughs> Killed the verse, the beat is crazy. The the commercial is fire, the black and white, like yeah. And, and that's what took I think that's what slay slay right now. In the problem. He's all water. He's like, he got a ball on the string. That's crazy. Jada Kiss had a kill. He's just driving around. They want to play ball. Got shoes in the car right now. Feel me like. They get the A fives. Then they had the remix when A six came out. A six, no, listen. You might have to play the A six one too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got to play A six. I'm gonna keep it tall. You gotta play the A six. That was a banger. I was like, damn. 
That was like that was such a good commercial. There was a time period where they were making crazy rap songs, but like remember the Sprite, like Voltron kind of mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know how Sprite became for niggas. Now, I don't know when that happened. <laughs> Yo, you know, you know what it was? I'll tell you what it was. It was the Drake Forever commercial. No, but no, before, before that, no, but you know, before, 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 before that, before so. that, yeah, because no, because that they they remember, had, they, they, like Buster Rhymes and like a, I forget who else. I feel like Fat Joe or something. They had like a power. You're right. Type. You're right. You're right. You're right. Also, you're right. There's that, there was that commercial where it was like, there's no, there's everybody's commercial. Like it was yesterday. It was a bald nigga with a beard. I think a turtleneck on. He had groceries in one hand, right? And he walks past the court, and the nigga's like, "Oh, the value!" He's like, "Oh, hold on, give me, the, give me the rock." And so he just he, he backs the nigga down with one hand, with slides the groceries, then hits a shot in the nigga's face, and he walks away, and he drinks a sprite. And I was like, "When did it right. become like why, why? Like I like I know niggas like sprite, but when did niggas like when it become established, like yo niggas like sprite? Right. To the I don't know. They're putting money into it. Like, yeah." Yeah, because that's weird. Because if, if I'm being honest, if we're talking about, we talking about, we're going to keep it talking. We're talking about niggas. Like, our our thing was Pepsi yeah. and Mountain Dew. I was never a Mountain Dew nigga. I don't know. About, I, don't, I, don't, I don't remember Mountain Dew. What? Nah, niggas, niggas was drinking, man. You drinking, you drinking Mountain no, Dew, nigga? Trappers drink Mountain Dew. Dew. Yo, tra- <laughs> Trappers drink Mountain Dew, bro. Trappers drink Mountain Dew. And every black family had Pepsi in the crib. Yeah, niggas would have Pepsi. Niggas have Pepsi. Pepsi everybody had an auntie. Because they felt like that Mountain Dew was Red Bull before Red Bull. Yeah, it was. <laughs> That's why. That's She's why. telling me Mountain, Mountain Dew got gentrified? Damn, bro. Because <laughs> <Back. laughs> it was for niggas, now it's not. But no, it was like, all right. <laughs> they should have never got rid of the cold red. That cold was red. the problem. Dog. I remember the Pepsi Blue. When the Pepsi Blue came out, what did Jay know? Jay had a verse. We mentioned Jay had a verse. Where he was just like, "I got a whip, same color as Pepsi Blue." I was Pepsi, like, <laughs> "Yo, Pepsi Blue was supreme before Supreme." Yeah, well, yeah. Pepsi Blue was fine. Yo, if you Sprite, found yo, 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 Pepsi Blue, you was lit. You remember, yo, remember Sprite? Remember Sprite Remix? Oh my god! Yo, Sprite Remix was so now yo. I don't know. Like, that shit never. That shit's never. It never came back. But I was just like, that's when I was like, all right, this is for this is officially for niggas for niggas. Because if you, you call, remix. yeah, who says remix for a soda? Like we, you know, we remix this shit. Right, right. Sprite remix and those, those might be the ghosts. Sprite remix and Pepsi Blue. Pepsi Blue was different, bro. That's it. Yeah, Pepsi. Yeah, it was. It was cool. Pepsi Blue was different, and it tasted great. It had the berry flavor. Like, yeah, Pepsi Blue was different. Pepsi Blue was that. Pepsi Blue was fun, bro. I fuck with that shit. Super respect. Like, yo, it was like it was just man. That was a that was a time, bro. When sodas like cared, and it was just like you know, we made the soda for the. Now it's just like you know, we just get a like, get a nigga to hold the soda in a, in a, in a commercial. Yeah, this is for you. But like, no, we made a drink for you. Right. And that's what's crazy about nostalgia. Yeah. That's what's yeah. crazy about nostalgia. You remember the um, remember the oatmeal where you had to you had to put the drizzle on it and then mix it. Yeah, I remember that shit. 
Bro, Damn. I remember I remember like it was probably like four or five years ago, bro. I was Googling it to try to order it. That's how bad it was irking <laughs> me. Cause that was the best oatmeal I've had in my life. Like when it had the syrup drizzle packet, bro. I used to cry when my mom didn't make me enough. <laughs> <laughs> bro, what's crazy is like you try to find out oh she's like, why did why did it stop making this shit? And it's like it turns out there was some cancer in the drizzle. So you can't use it. Like I used to I used to I used to eat I used to eat Rice Krispie treat cereal. Oh, this is the shit. And I was like, oh, this, like, no, this is this is awful for you. This is diabetes in a box. That's why they changed it. So when you buy, because they still got rice crispy cereal now, but when you buy it, it's just like a, a sweetened version of the cereal. But it's remember when you it was, it was actual, out, it was actual it was marshmallows. A, it was in a cluster. The clu- it, was yeah. in a, it was in a light blue box. Yeah, <laughs> it was, it was in a shit. Clusters, bro. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not it's not in the clusters, in the clusters no more. No, no, no <laughs> they ain't no treat. They ain't no treat, bro. That's fucking garbage. That's, That's Rice Krispies tasks. That's not yeah, a- it's, exactly. That's fucking right. garbage. All they do is put extra sugar in a regular Rice Krispie. But I'm like, yo, when this first came out, it was in clusters. It had the light. It had the light green, bluish that turquoise box. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. And it was crazy. Amber, snap, crackle, and popper on the front. Like, yeah, we did that. He was like, oh, yeah, you want it, niggas. <laughs> they, was posed, they was posed like boys to men. Like, 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 yeah. <laughs> right. Right. You know what I mean? So we, make like, the, we, make the, we make the cereal in the carter. It's women. Just bunching the women. With their titties out. Fucking Chris Rock, Chris Rock's putting Chris Rock's putting the cereal together, all cracked out. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, you five out. You reckon with Tony? Oh, you five out. I'm glad you be calling me, man. They be calling. You know, you know what's so crazy about New Jack City, right? The first time I watched that movie, my mom's had it dubbed on a tape with three ninjas, bro. Oh, shit. So when I used to watch that tape, I got New Jack City. And then I got three ninjas. <laughs> so, my Saturdays was lit. Bro, how you go from like, how you go from this, this story of like the real crack epidemic and it's like, it's, it's, it's like tragic and you go to fucking Tum Tum just fighting like just, just fighting grown men. And you know, it's why it's because my stepfather at the time. So my stepfather, he's from Brooklyn. So this is a crazy, right. So this is a crazy story. At the time, I'm under the impression that this is my real dad. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he raised me since I was a kid. He was around since I was born. I'm thinking this is my real dad. So this is my stepdad he's from, he's from New York. So, of course, you know, he got New Jack City on a dub. He got a bunch of mixtapes and music that I got into that kind of like really introduced me to rap. I remember he had this video of me freestyling in the basement when I was maybe like seven years old. You know what I'm saying? I didn't know what I was saying, but he was talking down to like seven. So this is something that he kind of, he pretty much like kind of introduced me to to music, like to, to everything I'm, I'm dealing with because he's from Bed-Stuy, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, you know, I'm, I'm learning all this stuff from him and then he's the one that dubbed New Jack City onto the tape, of course, because he's from New York. So, like, I'm getting introduced to all this stuff, and then I don't understand and realize how this pretty, pretty much starts shaping my mindset. Yeah, it's a fuck. It's a, it's a lot of, it's a, it's a heavy ass yeah. movie, dog. Right. And, and for a I, child to watch. Right. And where I am as a kid, like, 
you know, I'm seeing all this, all this information and, and all this stuff. Like you see where the crack epidemic came from and, yeah. you know, you're seeing where a lot of rap music came from and you don't have any idea what's going on. So when I'm seeing all this stuff as a kid, you know, as far as from the hustlers and, you know, I remember my stepfather got shot in the leg and they had like, mm. this whole fabricated story on what happened and like, <laughs> they lied under- to you? understand why they got to do that. So mm. it's like, once I get older and start realizing all this stuff and, and, and understanding why I thought certain things were cool or why I looked up to certain people, it kind of just brings it full circle to understanding why it's because I was exposed to all this information and, and, and things that I was seeing that I thought were normal. And, yeah. and that's what people fail to understand. It's like when you're dealing with these kids from these environments, the reason why they look at it as crazy is because they don't understand why we can understand these things. They don't get why some things may look normal to us or why we're able to see another perspective Somebody yeah. who's not experienced the drugs and not experienced the violence, they look at him like, oh, they're animals. Why would you ever be around that? And it's like, yo, because I know why he's doing that. I know That's, why he's there. Yo, you say that. It's kind of crazy to think because like I remember for a while for a long time, people were just like, I don't understand it. I don't get it. Then when Breaking Bad came out, I feel like Breaking Bad was kind of like it was spoon feeding the idea of like how you become a drug dealer. And he's you know, like, oh, because at first everyone was just like, oh, whatever. Wow, he had to do that. He had to do that. He had, then you saw it. We all watched it from Walsh's perspective. He had to do this right. shit. And everyone hated his wife. Like, oh, she's such a bitch, even though she was right, being like, yo, stop selling drugs. You're ruining right. our family. And everyone was like, oh, she's just a bitch. She was like, yo, you're really, you don't have to do this anymore. But he was like, so he was so, he was so caught up in the game. And we was all caught up too. So it was just like, damn. And I think like, like for us, it was different. For, I think for the black community, kind of, because we kind of saw like that we saw all this shit firsthand or even like secondhand. Like, I remember for me, I grew up kind of sheltered, but my mom was like, I remember my mom, like, I grew up sheltered, but I grew up in a way where was, like, my parents were just like, because they're African, they're just like, oh, even you being in this area, you're still going to absorb this shit, even though if you're not, not around it. So, my mom's like, I'm going to, we're going to scare you straight. We're like, all right, Tawanda, me and mom, because my mom's a nurse and her best friend was a nurse. So we, she, her, she had two kids. We're going to take you to the hospital and you're going to see the effects of crack because this crackhead got shot in the back of the neck and now he's paralyzed from the neck down. So we had to walk into this room and see this crackhead. So see that? Don't smoke crack. We were seven years old. Mm. So I'm sitting here just like, what? so I'm like, well, why? So I'm like, we didn't, and I look back at it now, I'm just like, I didn't even know what crack was. Why do I need to see this in the hell? Also, was the crackhead involved? Like, did he know? He knew, that but like, that field tripping. Yeah, he so so he so these there's three strange kids. Oh, but also, what made it worse? What made it worse is she tried and she failed. So what made it worse is like she walked into the room and I see like the crackhead sitting there, leaning back, and he's laughing because he has like I think his sisters or whatever, and they brought because we're in Maryland, so they just had mad crap. They, so they just they're making them, they're feeding them crap. So it was like it was just mixed messages. Like, hey, don't smoke crack because you might. Lay in bed and get fed crab. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You might, you might, you might get fed crab meat. So, <laughs> you could have just told me like, "Hey, Tawanda, sometimes the world, sometimes the world is fucked. The world is messed up, and people do drugs to cope with it." I, my goal as a parent is to make sure that you're not 
in the situation. It's, it's like, no, just don't do this. Explain to me. Why, I want to know why he did this. And that's super important. And I'm glad you said that, bro. Because so with me now, you know, having a son is about to be three in July. You know, I got my stepdaughter, my stepson. You know, she just turned 12. He's 16. So the way me and my lady work is like, we're not really reluctant to expose them to certain things. Yeah. Because we want to be able to explain and for them to understand what's going on. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So it's like, I can understand that certain people might be taken aback or maybe like, yo, why are you doing that? But it's because I don't want them to be surprised or to have questions about certain things. Now, of course, mm -hmm. there are certain things they don't need to be exposed to. Like, I'm not going to have them watch like Fifty Shades of Grey. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but yeah. my stepdaughter has watched episodes on Euphoria. Mm -hmm. And what's important to me is that is because, like, I don't ever want you to be in a situation out here where you're naive to what may be going on in reality. Like, you at that age Thanks. now, you, you learn this stuff earlier, and we can't prevent it whether we like it or not. You can put as much codes on the streaming services as you want. They're going to get exposed to oh, yeah. what they want to get exposed to. Oh, yeah, kids are gonna kids are gonna find that shit out for sure because like because e even the way these sites are set up, like the site is just like, hey, are you eighteen? Are you sure? Yes. Can, 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 can you can you put in your date of birth and no. some kids? Nick, Nick, how many times did you click? No, I'm not eighteen. I did it one time. <laughs> I didn't. I did. I did it one time, and the app was. I did it once, and then the app was just like, "All right, go back to Google," and then I just press reverse, and I was like, "Oh, I'm not gonna say that. I'm gonna say yes." Right. This time. Right. But what's crazy? What's crazy though is the porn sites. They stopped asking that question. You go to fucking like because used to be like, "Hey, this is a site for adults only." Da da da. da. It'd be that big warning. Then it eventually leads to some shit. You go to Pornhub or X Videos right now, you just see booty holes, just like ah, like just right, it's everywhere. But what? Oh, that's a great point. But then what's crazy though? The crazy part is, because like, all right. So um, sometimes I like to. I'm I'm older now, so I'm like when I make it. I don't just drink straight. I like to make, I'm gonna make a drink. I'm gonna find a recipe. So I'll Google some shit, and it'll take me to an alcohol's website. Every alcoholic website is just like, hey, what's your date of birth? And I'm just like, nigga, I can't. You can't even. You can't buy alcohol on a website. Period. I gotta be 21 to see the shit. You make why you have the security when like I was just on X videos. And I saw some I saw some things. Like I saw like oh I gotta be 20. You got you got you have to have proof that I'm over 21 to look at alcohol, but I can lie and say I'm 18 to watch some girl get peed on. Like, come on now, bro. That doesn't make any that's ass backwards. It's you know, it's crazy. And that's what's so crazy. But um, you know, I think with uh as far as being a parent, you kind of the parent is as good as they know their kids. And I think just kind of understanding, you know, the kids that we have, like they're super smart and the best formula for them and for the kind of kids that they are is to understand certain things so they know how to move. Because right. that's, the, that's the type of kids they are. Like, you know, my stepdaughter, Callie, she's like super artistic, super smart, but she's super aggressive. So it's like, 
I got to be realistic with her and the situation. And, you know, she's easy on the eyes. So I got to be realistic with her, with her in a situation like, yo, if you're ever in a position where you feel somebody might be trying to take advantage of you or if you feel like, you know, you're in a position where you're kind of like isolating yourself. I want to know how to, I want to, I want her to know how to move in those scenarios. Mm -hmm. I want her to understand like these things happen. These are positions you put in when you're growing up because then she's going to know how to adjust because she has that set of, of intuition and she has that set of intellect that maybe the average family won't maybe won't be honest about because they just want you to be removed from it and they just want you to not experience it. So they want to act like this doesn't exist. That's real. Yeah, that's that's 100 percent true. They said like they want to ignore it instead of just dealing with it, even though you're gonna deal with it eventually. All right, man. Um, so we're wrapping. Unfortunately, we got like we got we we're almost out of time. I just want to ask you this, yo. So what's going on in your life now, and how can I suggest a song for you? Because I'm gonna find you a song. Just, time, sure. just talk. Just, just talk. Yeah, man. So now, man, where I'm at in life, like it's so crazy, man. I'm all about growth, bro. I'm all about progressing and just like me working on this new project. Um, it's called Float. You know, the acronym stands for for lack of any more tears. And, and what that means is me just getting to a space where I'm not apologizing for where I'm at now no more. You know what I'm saying? I think for me, you know, being so entrenched on where I came from, I was nervous about changing. And, and mm. in my mindset and seeing new things because I thought I was losing who I was and everything that I went through to become the person I, I can be. And what I had to realize in the tough reality is that everybody not going to come. Mm. Everybody can't go. And that's not your fault. Mm. And it took me a while to understand that. And the message I give to my younger brothers, my family, my uncle, who's like my older brother, these closest people, and, and just people that I may not co- communicate on a regular basis. It was, it was, it's always like, yo, I went from worrying about myself to taking care of a family of five pretty much overnight. And where I am now, and my focus, I want to show my son. I want to show my kids, my stepson, my stepdaughter, that I do this shit for real. That's what my job, that's what music, where everything I do, I want to show them that I ain't just talk. I want to show them something they ain't used to so that they strive to reach higher higher lengths than I, I was able to go to. So, All right. Uh, yeah. I feel you. I feel you. And thank you for like, you know, just eloquating that so well. Now, what I'll say to that is I totally get that. It's like just it's not it's if it's one of those natural occurrences where it's just like next thing you know, you go from caring about your own wealth to generational wealth. You know what I'm saying? And you start thinking like, all right, I I'm living for more than just myself. And that's the that's one of the hardest, that's not one of the hardest things, but it's just like a it's one of the most important things in a young person's life because for so long, we're just like, you know, 
I live for me. I'm gonna live fast. YOLO. When he was saying YOLO, you only live once. All that shit. Right. What you realize? What I learned after that is like the only problem with that though is you forget like life is more than just you. Life is the people around you, and living carefree like that, you're not gonna be able to take care of anybody. And people, everyone I know who like in the stories I hear about people who like who pass away early or whatever, one of their biggest regrets is always like, damn, like. I don't have a family. Like I used to watch. Like I, one thing I think I do online a lot on my YouTube. I watch like this is one white dude who talks about jail shit. He's from Boston, but Florida at the same time. He has a Boston, Florida accent. It's fucking crazy, but um, <laughs> yeah, it, it's dope. But anyway, he's talking about the dude he was locked up with, and the dude was in there for life, and um, they they both were hitting on the same guard, hitting on the same guard, and. One day they're talking solo to each other, and he's just like, "Yo, my man, like, what are you trying to get out of her?" Because I know what I'm trying to get out of her. And the dude is just like, "Man, you can keep doing what you're doing. It's just that, like, I'm trying to get her to have my son, trying to have a daughter. Like, I'm trying to have. A, I'm trying to like, because I I realize like I'm in jail for the rest of my life. It ends here, and this is all I want is just extend my bloodline. I think that biologically we're kind of." set for that and we might not be set to be like you know we're not all set to be heteronormative or whatever the fuck but i think biologically like we have an idea of like i need my legacy to spread and it's it can be in so many different ways but at the same time i also feel like the idea of like you're growing and as you get older everybody you said everybody can't go everybody like you have your friends everybody can't go so the, my initial choice was gonna be nipsey hustle victory lap but i thought that was kind of like you know that's that's easy that's like everybody knows about that shit but i'm gonna go some, i'm gonna go a different place this is gonna be weird because like, like we all know i'm a huge gucci Mane fan that's my favorite rapper to the point that like his beefs are my beefs i'm just like fuck everybody dissed them but I gotta admit, Jeezy has some amazing albums, right? Jeezy has some amazing albums. One album he had in 2014 called was called Seen It All, right? And on Seen It All, yes. I'm gonna play the song I've Seen It All. It's called Bees Like B-E-E-Z oh Like. <laughs> because this album, this album really is him just is Jeezy, because like for a long time, Jeezy was just trapping. It was just trapping, motivation, inspiration. 103, all that shit, you know what I'm saying? Like, he was doing, like, Hustler's Ambition, all that shit. But then, around this, after, like, he had the recession, where he kind of kind of grew up a little bit, but then after he had seen it all, where he's just like, all right, I'm done with this. I'm done with this life. I don't need to be in the streets like that. And T, before you play this record, yeah, I'm, this is why we align, bro. So, the dope thing about seeing it all, right, I was living in Atlanta at the time. This is right before I moved back. And I was chilling with my cousin Jojo. And he kept playing this record all the time. And what was so dope about it is, like you said, it was to the point where you could hear and understand, and, and technically speaking, just from a technical standpoint, the statute of limitation was up. Yeah. So Gigi was able to talk about certain things he couldn't talk about before. And hearing him lay it all on paper, everything that he went through and, and being honest about his experiences and just being so descriptive and 100 about everything, that's where you just want to get, man. And when you get yeah. to that point, 
it's a certain level of freedom you can't replace, bro. And that's where I'm at now, man. I, I'm not apologizing for nothing that, that, that I got going on anymore. Yeah, that's real. That's 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 being an adult, man. That's being like this is where this is where it's supposed to be. We're like we're, we're secure in ourselves. Mm-hmm. And this and this album, man, was just I remember where I was. I was at Boston. I was at another temp job, just struggling. I got fired after a week. My car was on fire. You know what I'm saying? A girl that just ghosted me. A bunch of shit was going down. But same time, but same time as all that shit. Oh, I hosted a show that caused to end up owing the venue like seven hundred dollars. Plus the axe, I owed everybody's size. So I was down for dollars My car was smoking. My best friend was moving away. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just got ghosted. But then I got a I got a fucking DM from a nigga that had been following me for a while. It was like, yo, would you want to audition for this show? And that got me my first trip to New York. And then flash forward seven years, man. That that nigga has a show and I work for him. So it was just like and look where you are now, digital consultant, D Sumero. Like, yeah. bro, that's what I'm saying. Like that, that right there. Don't ever shortchange yourself, bro. What you're doing is major. I don't give a. I don't care how anybody views it. Where you came from to where you are now, it was written, bro. Thanks, and, man. And and all you had to do was put the puzzle pieces in places. And that's what I tell people is like, yo. We all going to be great. I don't think anybody's ever meant to struggle through life or have a life super fucked up. But it's when you have the ability to acknowledge and understand what your purpose is and what you're trying to do, you put the puzzle pieces where they need to go. I don't care what you believe in, whether you think it's yourself, a higher power, a different higher power than god i don't care what it is whatever your purpose is or what you're supposed to be doing it's only going to take you to a certain point and if you don't start putting those puzzle pieces where they need to go it's not going to happen so to see where you are bro that's not by accident it's because you stay persistent you didn't let yourself down you didn't let up and now everything is aligning how it was already supposed to Thanks, man. I really appreciate you saying that, bro. And that I think that's a great that's a great point to end on. Just do me a favor. Just tell people where to follow you, what new project is, and then for we sure, for sure, man. At Darius Haywood, that's D A R I U S H E Y W O D on our platforms. You know, I got the project out from the east. I put out in 2019, Black Diamond. I put out in 2016, and I got the project I'm working on called Float. That'll be out in a few months, man. And I just hope. You know, everybody just takes time to try to gravitate towards it and just understand where I'm coming from. I think everybody's gonna enjoy the music. And I think we're just getting started, man. I see a, I see a real bright future, man. Stars, stars, stars in the sky ain't the limit, man. That's just kind of like the entry point, you know what I mean? Yeah, man. I'm gonna tell you what I'm gonna tell you what I heard a famous nigga just say, bro. Something like prayer is real, God is real. That's all you gotta say. You know what I mean? We just gotta keep staying forward, keep staying positive, keep doing what we doing. Because at the end of the day, we can't ask for that. We have to put it, we put in the work and we but we put in the work and we believe we can make this shit happen, we can achieve. You know what I mean? So let's just keep doing that. And to everyone listening at home, thank you so much. This is another episode of Twanda's Live Request. Uh, I appreciate y'all. Uh, we all appreciate everything you guys do. Listen to the podcast more. I got to drink some water. 
Uh, my mouth's getting so dry. But yeah, that's it, y'all. Y'all be cool. And we done. Peace. What's up with you? What's going on? Let them know he'll prescribe you a song. Turn the volume up. I suggest you to run this live request.